Welcome to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I'm your host, Brian Montez, founder of Scalosity Works and the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching and membership community. So congratulations is in order. If you've built a successful freelance business that has grown to the point where you need to hire, you have achieved a huge milestone. If you're already past the point of making your first hire and your team is now growing, well, congratulations is in order to you as well. So regardless of where you are with scaling your team and your business, whether you're at employee number one or employee number 100, this podcast focuses on everything related to people operations. We'll cover best practices, strategies, and solutions to help you build a sustainable and scalable business that is fueled by great people and a great culture. So if you're enjoying listening to this Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, please subscribe, give us a like, and give us a review. Your feedback will help us grow this podcast, and we'll be able to positively impact more employers to help them build better work environments. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, where we work alongside business owners to guide you through hiring employee number one and beyond, helping you establish your proactive HR systems and help you build high-performing teams so that you can successfully grow your business. I am your host, Brian Montez. Today, we are going to discuss the five tools to help you collect honest feedback from your employees. Yes, that's right, honest feedback. At the end of the day, you need a team that is willing to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. But they're only going to do that if you set up a culture that gives them the ability and the confidence to communicate honestly, transparently, and very candidly. So we're going to focus specifically on how you build a culture where your team feels comfortable providing you with honest feedback and the tools that you can use to get there. These tools can be used standalone or even better, layered to allow multiple opportunities for feedback from team members. As these strategies become truly integrated into your culture, your team will come to expect them and want to use them. Now, more importantly, as they see that you act on the results and make meaningful changes in your organizational culture, your team will feel compelled to continue providing constructive feedback in an open and honest manner. And again, the only way this is going to work is if you take that feedback to heart and you utilize that feedback to make changes in the workplace. So, I mean, think back to the last time you had a boss, right? I'm sure we've all had jobs at some point in our life or an organization that was not receptive to feedback. What signs were there that you were in this situation? I mean, perhaps mistakes were treated as something that should be covered up as quickly as possible, right? Oh, we made that mistake. Don't tell the boss. We got to cover it up. Perhaps when executives came into meetings, they beelined to the conference room with no interaction with team members. As they made their way to that conference room, they just went right in with no sense of conversation or social interaction. Perhaps it was standard practice for most leaders to work with their doors closed and only accept visitors by appointment, being very standoffish. You know, these cultural signs do send messages to employees that their feedback is not welcomed by leadership. So if you were in this situation, how did you feel? Were you engaged? Did you feel inclined to put 100% of your efforts into your role, knowing that your organization likely wasn't concerned about your thoughts, your opinions, in a place where you spent so much time? If a project required extra effort outside of your typical core role or your normal working hours, were you likely to give it? The answers to many of these are going to be no. It's only human nature that if we don't feel appreciated and feel that our feedback matters and that we can make an impact, it's human nature we're not going to want to go above and beyond. Now, on the contrary, think about an organization where you felt valued and respected by the leaders. In a situation, you were probably more willing to put in a bit more effort when called for, given that you knew that your leaders cared about you as a person beyond just your productivity, your KPIs, your metrics, and your work output. So considering today's work climate, 
Retention challenges is an incredibly unusual world of recruitment. Most organizations could benefit from flipping as many of these questions as possible from no to yes for their teams. That is why today we're going to discuss some of the tools you can implement into your organization to begin collecting honest, actionable feedback from your team, from which you can make both improvements and see the benefits of a more engaged, valued team. So tool number one, create a culture of positive feedback, right? That's what we're talking about today. Now we've alluded to this already, but our first tool is really the goal of all of our remaining goals, to create a culture of positive feedback. However, if you've been reading our newsletter, you know that we've discussed this in the past. Now, previously, we've discussed how to boost accountability in the workplace. Now, if you haven't read this newsletter, hit pause if you want to. And in the show notes, we've got the link to our accountability in the workforce newsletter. Take a read on that and then come back to the podcast. Because in this newsletter, we discuss six steps to boost accountability. One, get comfortable with having tough conversations by learning what good feedback looks like. We do provide some examples in that newsletter. Number two, provide feedback consistently. This gives you an opportunity to follow up regularly, which should give many opportunities to praise employees for their successes, in addition to giving fast feedback on opportunities for improvement. Number three, encourage leadership to lead by example by asking for feedback themselves. Allow the team to hold their leadership accountable. Number four, implement peer feedback loops, both through performance review processes and as a regular part of the culture. Number five, use 90-day forward-looking conversations to discuss and plan performance. And number six, conduct regular check-in conversations. Now, once your team is used to the idea of feedback being sought and given regularly, it becomes much more normalized and integrated into the culture. Tool number two, use technologies such as pulse surveys. Different than traditional annual employee surveys, pulse surveys are typically short, more frequent surveys delivered to employees to take a pulse on the culture in the organization or a particular subset of an organization. Now, these are generally anonymous. So in order to use these and make them work, they do need to be anonymous and the team needs to be big enough that the anonymity, it's a big word, right, will work. So if you've only got a few employees, it's going to be difficult to deploy anonymous pulse surveys. Once your team gets a little bit bigger, 10 or more, it's a great tool. Now, third-party vendors can assist with development of a survey and implementing and rolling this out across a team. So there's some great software out there that we've used and can recommend for the pulse surveys. So of course, even with a third-party partner, there's still several steps within the organization that you have to take to prepare. So number one, you have to determine who is the audience. Which part of the organization do we want this to go to? Maybe all of it, maybe departments. You need to decide who is the audience. You need to determine what information are you looking to learn about. Number three, you need to determine the appropriate question set to best deliver the results. Number four, you need to determine a communication strategy within your team about the upcoming pulse surveys, the purpose behind them, and what they can expect. Number five, you execute on the survey. Number six, Analyze the results and develop an action plan. Don't allow the results to go into a black hole that never get looked at, because that is the quickest way to de-incentivize your team to participate. They need to know that you're looking at the results, analyzing them, and seeing if and how changes to the workplace need to be made. Then communicate the results and the action plan to follow it. You need to communicate with the team about the action plan that you're gonna implement once you start getting feedback coming in. And again, 
there are times where we're going to get feedback and there's, you know, we as the business owner or the the leader of that department are going to decide this is not a change we can make. So even if you get feedback or you do not think it makes sense to implement for whatever business reason, you still need to communicate that back. Hey, we got this feedback. We appreciate the feedback. Here's why we can't do this and explain it so that they know that their feedback and their, their insight didn't fall on deaf ears. Tool number three, ensure the regular implementation of one-on-one meetings. We talk about this a lot, the importance of one-on-one meetings. And the more one-on-one meetings you have with your team, the more open, honest feedback you'll have and the less need you'll have for company-wide surveys. Quick pop quiz. Are all your leaders engaging in regular one-on-one meetings with their direct reports? And if so, what is the frequency? Chances are, depending on the number of leaders in your organization, you may not know the answer. I mean, without a set policy or a best practice around one-to-ones or developmental conversations, most leaders wouldn't be able to speak about such practices organization-wide. Hopefully, you at least feel confident answering that they are happening on a reasonably consistent basis. And if not, it really should be a part of your people operations strategy. Now, if the frequency of your one-to-one meetings in your organization is uncertain or the completion in certain areas is uncertain, it's definitely worth checking into. Conversations between the supervisor and the direct reports are absolutely vital for so many reasons. The frequency of a particular importance is something that can be decided between the supervisor and their team. So allow them to establish frequency and a cadence. But if conversations are infrequent, they're likely to be packed to the brim with agenda items and business needs to discuss. And then the meeting goes from being a 15-minute check-in meeting to an hour-long meeting. So in order for us to keep this to 15 minutes, we want to make sure that the conversations are happening on a regular cadence. Also, I mean, a personal relationship gets you comfortable to disclose information that may not be present all the time. So building that goodwill between the supervisor and the team member, leadership and the team member is important. Tool number four, develop truly anonymous feedback channels. Again, utilize technology to your advantage here. There are plenty of tools to allow employees to submit feedback anonymously. For example, an anonymous email account could be set up that allows employees to submit feedback forms with masked information. There's other free services out there like Free Suggestion Box, allows organizations to request information and receive anonymous results. I mean, the benefit of having an anonymous option, especially in the beginning, is that it allows employees to gain comfort with the process of providing that feedback and see the end-to-end process all the way through. Again, this reiterates the importance of follow-through. If your employees provide their anonymous feedback, it will be essential that you analyze the results and create an action plan, and that it is not only used to drive results, but communicated back to the team. This way, the employees know that their feedback was used for something, and they're going to feel much more inclined to continue providing feedback in the future. All right, tool number five, execute custom employee surveys. Now, hopefully, if you build a culture where one-to-ones are occurring regularly, quite frankly, you'll be able to move away from employee surveys because you're going to get the information you need through your one-to-ones. But until that culture is established, you can complement your attempts to get feedback by doing the custom employee surveys. So, of course, you know, the traditional approach in many ways can work. Custom employee surveys take time and effort to draft but the resources are available, they do offer a wealth of information about the culture within a team. One critical piece to effectively developing and executing a custom employee survey is to ensure resources are available not only to develop the survey, but to track participation rate of that survey. 
you only get 5% of your team participating, and data is not going to be good. Employees are going to need to be repeatedly communicated throughout that survey time period to continue to drive participation up to the goal rate. I mean, it quite honestly can be quite challenging to reach a participation goal in lengthy employee surveys, but if the goal is reached, there is typically a great payoff in terms of data and information received. But again, let me stress, if you develop a culture of regular one-to-one -one conversations with your team, the need to do these large-scale custom employee surveys pretty much goes away. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather spend the time doing the one-to-ones than putting the time, energy, and resources into building a big custom employee survey. So once again, the essential component is following up with an action plan and communication. The more consistently your team can see progress following the survey, the more likely they will be able to participate in the future and that they will want to participate in the future. These five strategies may sound resource intensive, but remember, you don't need to do them all at once. While they can be stacked, you can certainly choose the strategy or strategies you think best fits your organization for a first implementation. And then make a plan for additional efforts in the areas that you want to gauge from the team responses. Now, while the resources required may be high, the payoff will be high as well. And this comes at a time where that need has never been higher if you are looking to retain your team. All right, that concludes today's podcast, Entrepreneur to Employer. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you've got something out of this and you can take one, two, or all five of these tools and implement them into your workplace. And of course, if we can be of any assistance, please feel free to reach out to us via email or find us on LinkedIn. Make it a great week and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast today. We have a free resource for you download our free workbook with the 18 questions that a transitioning entrepreneur to employer needs to ask and answer before making that first hire. The link to your free resource is in the show notes. And last but not least, subscribe to this podcast and give us a review. The more we grow this entrepreneur to employer community, the more we can make sure that Mondays or any day of the week for that matter, don't suck.